So that is like, hey, you really need to solve a problem that people want to solve, right? Um, So for example, if we take my program sold out, which is all about how to create templates based on work you do and may be already have done and leverage that template shop, not just for extra income, but also for extra leads, right? Hi, I am Sandra Vanderly, and this is Becoming Unapologetic. This is going to be the podcast for entrepreneurs that are ready to grow a business that works for them. I'm here to tell you that there is no such thing as one break, one launch, or one secret that's going to change your life or your business. The big difference between those that stayed stuck and those that blew up, the ones who made it decided that they have what it takes, they sell their expertise, and they unapologetically go after their dreams every damn day. Here is to becoming unapologetic. All right, are you ready for part two? Now, if you haven't listened to the previous episode all about am I failing and why I keep creating new offers, um, you can listen to this first. I think that this will be valuable out of order, Um, but just so that you're up to speed, I am using these two episodes, so the previous one and this episode, to answer a question that was submitted when I first launched my podcast. Uh, So I'm just going to read it out so that you know uh, what I'm responding to. And that is that there was a person who submitted something that hurt a little bit, which I dig into the painful part in the previous episode. And now I'm going to answer the juicy second bit. So here is what she asked me. She said, hey, I've been seeing you launch a lot of different programs lately, and I'm wondering if this is because they're not working out as you hoped, or maybe you're just full of ideas and don't like to settle on a signature program. And since you have run so many programs, what makes a good one in terms of revenue and engagement? What does a good program need and what doesn't it need? What should the format be? So the first half I address in episode 28, and this is episode 29, where I am talking about what does a good program need, what it doesn't need, what the format should be. And I think that this might be a little bit shorter um, than the last episode, because my answer to lots of things is it depends right? I am not one of those course creators or business coaches that tells you this is the solution to all of your problems. And it's always this, right? And the answer is the same for every single person. Now, what makes a good group program or a good program, in my opinion, right? Things that it needs. And the most essential is that you need to solve a problem that people want to solve and want to pay money to solve. Because, and this is really tough, and I've had to um, have this conversation, and especially inside of my my mini membership that no longer exists, and I talk about this in episode um, 16, which is all about why I canceled my mini membership and why other people might want to do it too. Um, I had to have this conversation a lot in there because what I noticed, and I I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, I know who they learned from, and I think that the step that a lot of them skipped when designing their offers is that your product, 
your program needs to solve a real problem. And it is a lot easier when you solve a high priced, it's bleeding, hurts like hell, serious issue, right? I call this expensive problems. You need to solve an expensive problem because if you solve a problem that can be fixed by Googling someone, no one's going to pay you. If you don't, if you solve If you think you solve a problem, but you cannot articulate what it is, your clients aren't going to understand they're not going to pay you, right? So that is like, hey, you really need to solve a problem that people want to solve, right? Um, So for example, if we take my program sold out, which is all about how to create templates based on work you do and maybe already have done and leverage that template shop, not just for extra income, but also for extra leads, right? So the problem that I'm solving there, it's a couple of different things, right? It's, I need to grow my email list. And to that, I say, wonderful, create templates, add them in Summit All Access Passes, um, add them in bundles, go ahead, you can solve your email list for free with a product that you can just give away to everyone, right? Wonderful. They want to make passive income. Great. You know, you can try and sell a 997 or a 1997 course, but there's not much passive about that at all. Whereas a template that's $25, $100, $200. That's an easy sell. People will just buy it from your web shop, right? When you're sleeping. Uh, I love making sales when I sleep. Like that feels even better than when they come in when I'm behind my computer. Um, Right. Okay, perfect. So we've we've solved the passive income problem. We've solved the, hey, I'm really busy. So the last thing, if you're a service provider, right, I work with a lot of service provider. The last thing you want to do is create a whole brand new course from scratch without verifying or pre-selling it. And then you're either creating everything and then you launch it and two people buy it and you're like, great, I worked until midnight for weeks and for what, right? These are real problems. And hey, guess what? A template shop solves these, right? Where if, if, if I didn't, if I wasn't able to articulate the problems it solved, be like, hey, do you think it would be cool to have a template shop? You were like, why, right? That doesn't hurt me. I, there's no reason to take action when you say that to me. Um, so that's the first thing. You need to solve a problem that people will pay money to solve. All right, cool. Second thing, you need a price that feels good. And to me, this is key because what I've noticed, if I charge too much and I've definitely had price points where I'm like, "Mm," right, that's a little bit of a stretch for me. If you charge too much, you won't want to sell it. You'll overcomplicate it. You'll say the wrong things. You'll freak out. Um, You're going to be miserable if you charge. If you overcharge, you're not going to be happy. If you undercharge, it might sell, but you're going to resent your clients, right? Also, it doesn't work. Um, If you do the Goldilocks price and you price it just right, you're going to feel really good about saying it. You're like, this is a no-brainer for both of us, right? Because this is the price point that reflects the value that you get. It reflects my expertise. It reflects my time investment, and it reflects the results that you're going to have, right? So it needs a really good price. And then a container that can get results for 75 to 80% of the people, 
right? And I'm not saying that that's the amount of people that get results. And eventually I'm going to do a podcast episode about that. Not everyone's going to get results. And guess what? Outside of showing up to your house, knocking on your door, opening my laptop and like duct taping you to a chair and setting up lesson one and autoplaying through the entire course, there is no way that I can force you to do anything you're not going to do, right? However, I do believe as the creator and as the host and as the organizer, we have a responsibility to create a container that can get 75 or 80% of the people results, right? There's a chunk that's never going to get the results, but also there are people out there, and I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus again, that will record three hour long videos without slides, without summaries, without transcripts, without workbooks, and they will charge you a thousand dollars for that three hour long talking head video where they talk in their very monotone and very boring, very slow voice. You should not be doing that, right? That being engaging, being to the point, having supportive materials is definitely something that your program needs. And this is one of the things where I have worked with different professionals for instructional design and for event design and for all sorts of stuff. These people are worth their weight in gold. And I 100% believe that I have testimonials for my self-study courses going like, This is the one course that I actually did everything. This is the one course where I actually got the results. This is the first course I've ever finished and all of that. It's not just because I'm so amazing, right? I am amazing, obviously, but it's also because I hired a professional who specializes in teaching, like transferring knowledge or translating the knowledge into my brain into an implementable process for the end user in a way that's fun and engaging and gives you dopamine hits in between and has really optimized slides and really short videos and all that jazz, right? This is worth the investment. It is worth investing in a learning platform that works in maybe getting the transcript, maybe working with an instructional designer or someone who specializes in the course or the program experience. Um, And there's other ways, right? So for high ticket stuff or for one-on-one coaching, this might mean that you invest in someone that helps you with the onboarding process or um, with the on and the offboarding. Maybe it involves client gifts. Maybe it involves one-on-one dashboards, all sorts of things. So I do think that a container that will help people get results is very much required. Other than that, as I said before in the previous episode, and I think is very clear throughout most of my work, I don't believe that there's a fixed answer for um, for every situation, for anything, right? That the container that you create is different from the container that I would, even though we get the person to the same result or to a very similar result. Now, here is what your programs don't need. And again, I have three of them. The first of all, they don't need the kitchen sink. We don't need everything. And I have in the past, I've made offers where I included everything and it's not my favorite because you're creating FOMO. You might create resentment, right? When you have to give something really expensive away to a lot of people, that's not super fun to do. Um, Or it might get to a point where you're like, that's not fun. You should have just bought that from me, right? Um, But also it's not necessarily helpful. 
Because the last thing, and especially, I know I have lots of neuros, raise your hand if you're a little neurospicy, you love shiny objects and squirrels. So if I'm your business coach, I should not be giving you more shiny objects and squirrels, right? Because that's not going to get you to where we want to go. So maybe I should not be giving you everything that you can dream of and a lot more that you didn't even think to dream about. So that's my take on that. It doesn't need the kitchen sink. Today I saw, I actually saw a course and I was interested until I read this really big headline in the second section of the sales page. And it said, you get instant access to over five and a half hours of audio material. And I immediately went like, nope, (laughs) no, thank you. But um, I do not want to listen to five and a half hours of audio material. Uh Uh-uh. And this is clearly maybe not a mistake in terms of what she included, but a way how she presented it, right? But the thing is, we don't need access to five and a half hours of audio material. We want um, we want material that helps us solve a problem. So if she had said, hey, we have a searchable database of short audio clips to answer 50 plus of the most frequently asked questions, I would have been like, oh, that's cool. I can just go in and if I can sort by topic, I'll just look for the stuff I'm interested in. And if it had a private podcast that I could download on my phone, even better, right? But that's not what she said. She said, here's five and a half hours of audio materials. Good luck to you. (laughs) And that is something that most of us do not need. Now, what else you don't need is unlimited access. And when I wrote this down, I actually made notes for this episode, um, is that I meant unlimited access to you right? But it also applies to unlimited access to the course materials because what I've noticed, when you have a course and when you have lifetime access, you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it, right? When you have a course and you only have a year access or six months access, it's the same thing. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. But once you go past that one year mark, if you haven't done it by then, you're not going to do it in the future. You're not going to come back, right? Um, So I don't necessarily think that lifetime access should be the standard. I think that it can be. To me, it's always felt spacious and to honor um, people's investment. And as long as my business exists and the videos and the materials exist, I'm happy to offer it. But there is no need to do that. And the same thing about unlimited access to you, um, which kind of brings me to the third point, which is around communities and places where they can ask questions. Now, I am a huge fan of uh, Q&A sessions or um, group coaching or doing like pre-submitted questions where they can submit questions when they come up and then there's a set time where you answer them. I love those. But the thing, and this comes back to me, I'm always trying to train people like, how do you solve your problem? How how do I look at this? How do I think about a topic? Because what I notice is that when I can teach someone that, down the line, they don't need me anymore. Or my one-on-one clients will say something like, I think I already know what you're going to say, but here's my situation, right? And that to me says that they learn to take a higher level view of their issues, which I think is great. And I say issues, I mean of their circumstances, right? Not like issues, issues. Um, And secondly, what I noticed in some of my programs, right? And not like the high level, more generalist stuff, not the sales in general. But if I look at the one, for example, my program on creating a template shop, 
I would get tech questions that wouldn't be answered for more than a week and they could have just Googled it and fixed, like found an answer in three minutes and continued and moved on. And I have literally started saying that, like, I am not your tech support. I do not answer Googleable questions. And I do not want you to wait a week to make progress because you forgot that you could just Google it, right? I do not want to create students and people and clients that are so dependent on me that they cannot reach out to the support of the tech systems that they pay for. That's kind of why I like to limit community access or Q&A access, um, which is very much for that. But again, these are my, my things where I'm like, this is what a program definitely needs to be successful. And this is what is optional, not required, what takes some finessing. In terms of container length and price point and should I include this or this or that or all of this or none of this I think that's always a situational thing it's always related to what's the transformation or what am I trying to teach a client Um, how do I like to work right Um, I know that lots of my clients have kids so they prefer to do Voxer coaching instead of coaching calls for me if I get notifications throughout the entire day I cannot get anything else done it doesn't work for me it's not my favorite and that is a circumstantial circumstantial (laughs) that was a I mess up this is not edited this is live this is real right um it's circumstantial it depends So it's about creating an offer that fits your clients, fits your results, and fits you. And that always requires balancing and experimentation. Um, So when in doubt, you just have to go and try it out. And that rhymed and I didn't intend for it. But that is really my take on how to create a good program. If you have any follow-up questions on this, please uh, send me a DM or ask it in my free Facebook group. And I will do another episode because this is such a good subject, which I can totally tell from the fact that I've been talking for so long. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for listening. And I'm really excited to talk to you again very soon.